Yo, 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 world, what's up? This is Alex Rivera. I'm part one-fourth right now, member of the Spark cast. And I'm here to bring Spark and bring energy, creativeness to this podcast. I'm a music producer slash videographer, director, father, love comic books, love hip-hop music. And I'm just here to spark the convo and be me and bring a little humor. And let's get it. My friends call me uh, Lisa, Dizzy Lizzie, Sunshine. I love sparking conversation. I love uh, being involved in the community. I'm best known for being uh, an honor personality at La Calle, back in the day, reggaeton style. And uh, I'm, I'm ready to bring this uh, new aspect of my life, sparking conversation. Hey everybody, my name is Edwin Coqui Perez, and I am part of the Spark crew as well. Uh, I am uh, uh, Latino, Puerto Rican and Colombian. I like to think I am a, what I call a guy who's um, traveled in Rome, that was a Marine, four years active duty. Uh, served my country honorably, loved it, don't have a regret. I'm also a bit of a scholar, I did attain a bachelor's at St. John's University, and I just love to uh, wake people up because I just feel, as a Latino, we don't address issues as much as we should. So let's get it started, man. Let's really, really wake people up. Thank you. What's going on, everybody? My name is Roman S. I go by The Funny Latino, and I want to welcome everyone to the introduction of The Spark. I am very proud to have garnered friends, associates, and colleagues all in one room to be able to address topics that may skip the consciousness of our collective people. There are times that I strongly feel that things are being addressed, but they're not being addressed to our community. We will catch a certain aspect of the problem or the social issue, but it's not delivered to us frequently enough for our community to understand what exactly is happening? You know, I've, I've caught myself in many occasions having to explain to my parents what problems are and why the headlines are what they are, you know. And I'm just happy to be able to get an opportunity to get a chance to affect our culture in an informative, enlightening, and humorous way. You know, part of what we're going to do with the Spark podcast, number one, is spark thought, spark you know, and invoke a provocative discussion based on things <laughs> that seem to be escaping the collective consciousness of our bicultural Latino American community. All right. With that being said, uh, Alex, tell me some of the things that you look to do while you're here on the Spark Podcast. Um, this, I'm here to basically more or less help. We produce this, you know, I have a lot of visions for this. We've talked about this for uh, quite some time, just like you and Lisa have. So I'm just here to build this with you, bring my creativeness, bring my little edge to it. My experiences in life, you know, um, as real as possible, man, no holds barred. You know, with, you know, without trying not to offend anybody. I want to share a very important tidbit about Alex. Alex is a decorated music producer and music video director slash producer he is Ooh. he has a lot of creativity in him he just sometimes seems to contain it you thank know you, you. and the truth is he's going to bring a lot of color to this so lisa 
one of the people that I've been looking forward to working with again. It's been over, uh, I'm not going to give our ages away, no. but it's kind of like a decade plus since we've actually been in front of microphones together. Yeah. So tell me what you want out of this because I'm you're you're my boss let's say like that oh gosh oh my goodness well one of the things that I I remember about when we used to do radio together um was just so much fun and we had provocative conversation and were able to I mean I've been blessed with being parts of the the beginnings of the careers of Aventura and Fulanito and Proyecto Uno and Oro Solido and a lot of these big names that now I mean I'm I'm so proud to see them like just be huge stars cool. and so you know this this is gonna be for me this is just fun because this is gonna be like another thing that we bring out there in the forefront and like i said before i love doing stuff for the community and i think this is gonna be great because like you said a lot of people don't understand what's happening or why it's happening so exactly. it's gonna be like issues for dummies yeah including ourselves because there are things that sometimes i don't understand why are we fighting about certain things you know Exactly. I agree with you wholeheartedly, Lisa. I feel our youth today is just not uh, informed or well-informed and sometimes don't take a, um, a more positive and assertive step to be informed. And it bothers me. You know, I'm 44 now and I never thought I would turn into my father and I have. And what I see, I don't like. And I feel if uh, we as a community, as someone of the Latino community doesn't come out and say, hey, you need to wake up. You know, what are you doing then? Like, like, really, what are you doing? We've got a situation right now that I think, as a community, we have to take the reins and say, and, and be inspired. I mean, the world we're living in, just recently, as you saw, these kids, what they did, what they're trying to do to change this country. It, 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 it was something so inspiring that I was just like, wow. The march of our lives, shout out to the wow. people. I mean... It, it, it made me proud to say, hey, I'm proud of America today. Amen. Yeah. You know, one of the reasons I chose to team up with Edwin is, number one, he's a retired, proud military serviceman. Um, I listened to his method of, you know, addressing social issues, and I realized that he has a grasp that the regular Joe walking up and down the street doesn't have. He's experienced, you know, war. He's experienced, you know, culture in a different uh, country. You know, a lot of the times what we really know well is our neighborhoods. We know our families. We know our friends. And we figure that based on that minuscule experience on the world, we're worthy of having great opinions on what's happening. You know, and I think um, one example of that will be the spark because... I would say everyone that's in this room that's sharing a, um, you know, a spot on the spark has had their level of experience with the entire world. And we've dealt you know, with real shot callers. Everyone in here has actually dealt with a real shot caller. And Absolutely. you know what? I think we're just wait we're waiting our turn patiently to be there because you know, coming together for such you know, for such discussions, because trust me when I tell you, when you hear the topic of discussions we have, folks, you're going to want to stay tuned. So, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I think uh, we're ready to get into our first episode. Thank you for joining the Spark, and it's time thank to start. You, thank you, let's get it. Let's Spark do it, podcast. let's do it. Racism is defined as prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against someone of a different race based on the belief that one's own race is superior. Isn't it crazy how we do that amongst ourselves? 
Like it's not just black and white. It's Latino. It's Asian. It's it's Indian. It's whatever. Wherever there is a country and there are people living, there is racism. Welcome to the Spark Podcast. Thank you for that beautiful intro, Lisa. Today's episode one topic is the history of racism among us. You spick, you nigger, you right. gook, you wetback. <laughs> Thank you. Alex seems to be very filled. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, he knows right. his thing. Right. Well, you know what, what it's true. Call it what it is, right? I mean, really, call what it what it is. What stuff do you hear out there, right? No, you're right. Like, but you know, how do you bring attention to something unless you use some of the words that people are used to having to, to hear every day, being called, being uh, uh, this, this derogatory term is now you. You're labeled this. You and your people. It's messed up. Reduced to a label. That's what's crazy. That's what racism does. It's just crazy to me because I've never heard anybody refer to me or anybody that I know, you know, as a spick, right? So that's that's crazy to me because nigger is a word, and it even bothers it bothers me to say it, but it's a word that we know has its origins in slavery, and yet it's used commonly like a loving term. Now I'm gonna say something. I I gotta I gotta give mad love to the Dominican community in America because they. Use the word, but they say my name, and I dig that. My name. They 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 appropriate it and they correct it and they somehow como que lo afinaron. They use my name because I know my name is what it means, my nigga. <laughs> and I've been to South America, and I've heard people in Venezuela and Ecuador say nigga, dímelo nigga. I'm like, how how did that get here? Like, who brought that here? What's happening, my nigga? Like, just like that. Hablame, nigga. And if y'all don't believe me, there's a movie called Sequestro Express with Ruben Blades and a bunch of amazing actors. And there's a dude in there called Nigga. All right? Just so you know. And then there is a Cambodian guy who, li- who lives around here. And I've met him. And everyone calls him Nigga. And I'm like, oh, wow. They, like, he's like a really cool Asian guy. And he showed me his ID, and his real name is Niga. And I'm like, oh, wow. So that's everybody's Niga. And this is sad, guys, that even in our Latino community, the dark-skinned Hispanic is viewed negatively, yeah. talked negatively about, shunned away yeah. sometimes. Think about that. It's all learned. It's all learned. Everything we do is learned. We learn it from someone else, some other culture. You gotta break the chain. You gotta take command. Be like, nah, I don't. I, we can't. We can't let the youth. This is why I love this movement that's going on right now. What's stirring up? These kids are saying we're, we've had enough. Yeah. We've had enough. Yeah, it's but about time. Okay, so one of the things that seems to be prevalent that has given birth to this movement has been this issue of just sporadic gun violence throughout America and the places where we least expect them. Here, closest to home, over the summer, we had a doctor who entered a hospital and began shooting people in the ER, which is a direct um, direct violation to the vow taken to being a doctor. Now, to not get lost within the topic, these kids have been inspired by racist actions because a lot of these, you know, systemic, you know, to be real, these dudes wilding out, going into the places and shooting people up, they've all had like white supremacist, you know, views. And one of the things that seems to be found that every, you know, um, site where they're being investigated is, you know, the freaking Iron Cross and all these symbols that represent, um, you know, Nazi 
mentalities. So I don't want this conversation to get stuck on black versus white because guess what? That is what we see on television. You know? But what we don't touch is because us Latinos, one thing we love to do is moonwalk out of the room gracefully and say, I don't do that. I'm but but yes we do. Yes, exactly. Yes we do. We are. All right? Guess what? My when, family growing up, very racist. I'm saying hate to say it, you know. If they eventually see this, I hope they don't get mad. But you know, grandparents are very could be very insensitive in how they talk and their races and what they cemented in my brain as a youth, you know? They my grandparents, you know, they always um no, you're gonna be like a trepa palo, these wow. type, you know, pocolo. <laughs> this type of shit that I hear as a kid, you know, from in my household. And just so people know, trepa palo means climb. Really, what it means is a tree climber. Yeah. And the reason they call it tree climbers is because monkeys climb trees, and therefore they're reducing the existence of a black body to resemble a monkey. And I think that's horrible stuff that we do. You know, like being South American, one uh, just like uh, I'm bicultural. I came from two different backgrounds, and I didn't realize, you know, yes, our flags look almost identical, Colombia and Ecuador, except that Ecuador chose to draw a really big bird on their flag. Colombia chose to do that same bird logo, make it really tiny, and put it all the way up to the right. Okay, cool. And the truth is, if you are paying attention to what's going on in South America. You know, it's a complete chaos. Los Venezolanos have no direction to go in because they're basically completely suffering, you know, a, a, it's almost like a holocaust out there. No one can eat. There is no money. There's no work. The military it's will whoop your shame. ass if you and rise it's, up. It's so what they do... It's a natural shame that that's happening out there. To escape, they go to Colombia. But when they go to Colombia, what happens? The Colombians are kicking them out. And when they go to Ecuador, what happens? The Ecuadorians are kicking them out. Mind you, Colombians go to Ecuador and Ecuadorians kick them out. Ecuadorians go to Colombia and Colombians kick them out. So, I mean, they share a jungle because their borders over there is all jungle. They share that, all right? A bird migrates from one part of the world goes to the other part of the world. Birds aren't attacking that bird. That bird not needs to rise up. And this is one problem I believe we all suffer, you know, all our communities suffer from. They need to rise up and adopt and adapt to the conditions of where we're moving into. You don't think that you could just go into a new place and bring whatever you thought was the bomb back at your, you know, a place of origin and think you could reestablish just like that in a new place. No, you got to be respectful of the values of the places where you arrive. And I think that's kind of something that does spark racism in our country. Well, but you know, All even right. if even if that weren't the case, so even if, if you came in being respectful, somebody is always going to misinterpret what you're trying to do. I mean, you look at the fact that even in New York City, there was a time when Puerto Ricans owned a lot of the bodegas, and the Dominicans came in and started getting the bodegas, and so there was this hate against the Dominicans, because Dominicans were only trying to come in and make it happen, you know, for themselves. They weren't trying to be disrespectful. They were trying to make money. Money, right. Big point. Money is key. When it comes to racism... If you got a lot of money, guess what? Everyone love you. you might leave the room. I never heard that oh. one as far as uh, Dominicans and Puerto Ricans. I, I was taught, or people I've heard, the reason why Dominicans and Puerto Ricans don't get along is because a lot of Puerto Ricans are more or less, we're more Americanized than them. And they, that's why they don't like us as much. Because we have, man, we have had McDonald's and Macy's in Puerto Rico where they don't have none of that. 
My father's Puerto Rican and I'm my mother's Colombian. So I've had uh, just as Roman did the um, I, I, I like to think of it as the luxury of growing in two different Hispanic cultures and, and seeing the differences between them. And I can't say uh, growing up Puerto Rican when I asked my father you know, what's, what, what's the beef between Dominicans and Puerto Ricans? And my father jokingly would say, oh, they're just jealous because we could come in and out of America and they can't. Guess what? That's part of it. He's like, yes, trust me, Kofi. When a Dominican is hating on you, it's because we can in and out of the U.S. freely. And so, they also and hate they that are jealous of the fact that they right. told me, you okay. know? So here that, we go. Uh, we speak that English and our Spanish be bad, but, you And know, I know you had a point, Lisa. I'm Puerto Rican. I don't know what the hell. Okay, but here we go. So far, we've, so far, we've used that the underlying factors so far have been money, resource, mm -hmm. education, and access. Four things so far that we've used. Because remember, if you're a Puerto Rican... You're pretty much a U.S. citizen. No, you are a U.S. citizen. Yeah, pretty yeah, much yeah. you are. Lisa, you, you are. Were, you were trying to establish a point. Well, no, what I was going to say was, you know, I've, I've also heard Puerto Ricans from the island not being as friendly or as welcoming of Puerto Ricans from the United States. Yeah, you know, and I've seen that there when I've gone to visit, you know, and to me, that's insane. I'm like, but, but we're all, but you're all American at the end of the day. I mean, I'm American too, but I'm saying like, but you're all American. How is it possible that just because somebody didn't grow up on the island and lived in the United States, why is it that they come here and there's this kind of like, eh, but you're from over there? Ah. I don't just like when we, it's, when it's like, hate, it's true, right? It's I don't jealousy, right? It's envy, it's, it's jealousy. True. It but why, but it why is. is that the case if it's Puerto Ricans? You still have the same access whether you've decided to stay because on the island. Because it's the fact that we're not from the island. It's the fact that we don't know the, the, the culture of the island. We know the culture has come as a as a Puerto Rican living in the Bronx, the boogie down. You know, I as grew a New York hip hop. And, and so my experience growing up as a Puerto Rican is totally different than, of course, a native Puerto Rican from the island. And I take nothing. I'm jealous of them that they have something I don't have at oh, all. Yeah. They they have a oh, yeah. understanding of our heritage that I may be lacking. You know? Now, um, real quick, I wanna I wanna understand this, okay? So what what do you, Alex, for instance, consider like racism? Like what do you consider racism racism or do you see any anything that happens prevalently around you and you be like, yo, that's pretty racist? Uh racism basically, you know, treating someone not like equal to you, human being, uh Looking somewhat to me, I'm down talking down to them. So okay, in a certain way, you know. Or, supremacy. So yeah, what you're saying is basically a, a we're all humans. We're all bleed. When you cut us open, it's all the same color. It doesn't exactly. matter what skin color, you know. Okay. That's every everybody's heard that, but it, it's facts. That's what it breaks down to. Inside out, we the same, man. All right. So it's like how you treat people, basically. I mean. Like, I can be ignorant in the way I talk sometimes, everyone, and everyone. you know, but it's all in how you say it, I guess, you know? It breaks down to that. Okay. Racism is a thin line, man. It's crazy. It's, it's a very sensitive subject. Some of the experiences, being that you've visited many countries, you've been, you know, involved in things around the world, have you ever seen places outside of America where you can say, yo, that was pretty racist? 
Yes, I went to um, South Korea one time. I went out there, and I was actually uh, surprised to see how their um, their views of, of, of Hispanics and Blacks were. Period, and and even out there, I was shocked to see that you know racism is pretty much prevalent everywhere. You know, people do look at another race in some way of of, of inferiority or superiority, and when you see it, you see it for what it is. I don't care what color you are, you know. And 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 it, it, you know, you don't like seeing it. Like when I when when I joined the military, you know, I served proud in the Marine Corps, four years active duty. I loved it, but I I saw things there that I, I know I never would have seen if I had not. So for that, I'm very grateful. But I can't say, yeah, uh, racism exists in the military. Sure, I saw it, but it's not tolerated either. That's the beauty of it. And, and you get caught, you get thrown out. You say something racial, and it's heard by the higher up, the chain of command. You, you can yeah, lose it really all. Serious, and you saying that to hurt somebody, and, and you're saying it. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of people are a little sensitive now. But people say a lot of people say shit out of anger sometimes, and they really don't mean to say shit sometimes. I know that happens a lot too. But yeah, but some people you mean gotta it watch. Too. Your, you know, there's, there's, there's a pattern of behavior. No, yeah, it's that, always that, that, on that a pattern. If a person doing that all the time and. When he's angry and he's my saying, problem, you see, my problem with America shit, and racism you know what I'm in saying? America is exactly that. This, this, this idea like it doesn't exist and we'll oh, get over man. it. And no, it's a problem, Alex. Oh, it's yeah. a problem. And the reason why it's a problem is because we have this notion like it doesn't exist. And, 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 and the more we push it away and, and not say, yes, this still is prevalent. I, I, don't, I don't see us really saying much. Really? I just see us really dancing around the topic. When, exactly. When, with regards to what you're talking about Asians, I've had a lot of Asian friends. You know, like I've had Japanese friends, Korean friends, a lot of Chinese friends, Vietnamese, and all all sorts. And there is a level of division among them. You know, like Filipinos are considered to be the Mexican Asians because they're everywhere. They go everywhere. They even have special nicknames for them. Then you have, for instance, what's weird about that? It's that the continent. It's all one. You understand? But they do not. Like, even in China, just, just Chinese, based on how you speak, they'll know who you are. Because the educated Asian, excuse me, the educated Chinese man speaks Mandarin, where only the poor folk learn how to speak Cantonese. You get it? Um, with regards to, like I was saying, going back to us Latinos, because that's what I see. I mean, we moonwalk out of the situation and be like, oh, mira que los negros no se van bien con los blancos. O que los blancos están tratando mal a los negritos. Y como nos tratamos nosotros entre, nos, entre nosotros. Think about it, right? I'll say this. You want to start a beef between a Puerto Rican and a Dominican? Start talking baseball. And watch how quick they get mad. <laughs> Am I right or wrong? Oh, they love baseball. Yeah, when it happens, it happens. You yeah. want to start a beat for sure? Roberto Clemente in the mix. Who's mm -hmm. one of the greatest Hispanic baseball players of all time? Of course. Of course. That's an all-day well, we debate. Was we was in baseball first. We had the stars first. I've, I've had this arguments and debates with co-workers that I like to mess with. You want to start a beef between yeah. a Mexican and a Honduran, start talking about soccer. Watch how quick... <laughs> They start getting angry. Or even amongst, call, call, mistake a Mexican for a Puerto Rican. 
See how offended mistake, he will be. Mistake any Latino for a Mexican. He will be. He and be watch like, how fast they jump. Yeah, He'd look at you and say, I ain't... Like, to, to be called Mexican is... It's horrible, right? But guess what? What kind of stereotypes <laughs> do we know about Mexicans? Lisa, any stereotypes you know about Mexicans? They don't they, they don't, stereotypes. Yeah, they all bunch up in an apartment together. They don't do anything. They just mess up a neighborhood. And unfortunately, in some cases, yeah, some people come in because there's good and bad in everything, right? So, you know, there's there's just this horrible perception of them like that they come here to take other people's jobs but they're doing the jobs that nobody else wants to do thank you they're the most hardest working people i've ever known i i i and they do it with a smile on their face they do. What? okay no they do it they, they do, do their job and with still a I'll, smile on their face i'll tell you this everywhere i go to buy anything it's a mexican that's actually closing the transaction and I'm I'm happy for that because yeah, I'm like yo yeah. you go my man you, I'm like you go my man you Where got you this job from when I go to buy flowers for my mom it's a Mexican woman they always wash the flowers I, I respect that when I go to the, the supermarket when I go to the supermarket and you know I'm paying the register but guess who's packing the groceries and I, I you know what props to that. I get that. They they not here slugging. You go to a Chinese restaurant, guess who's cooking the food in the Boom. Isn't I was that why? I was spot last night, and that's who was serving me was a Mexican. You know, oh. you know what's crazy? Listen, I, Mexicans own pizzerias here, okay? <laughs> and that was awesome. When I went to a pizzeria shop, and I saw it was owned by a Mexican, I was just like, oh, this is awesome, man. This is I, I loved it. Why not? Why not? And it's still, to be called a Mexican is like, uh, dudes get, a, get offended. Dudes get offended. And you know what's crazy? Like, even in Africa. Africans. Oh, what's another? They're little too, man. That's stereotype. Mexicans short, are big short. Heads, right? Big heads. I mean, we're talking stereotypes, but we want to stay with racism. Drunks. Okay, drunks. That's a, a major, mighty number of us that are like that. <laughs> okay? We like getting, you know, partied up. I'm a modern Okay, but what I was what, what I was trying to establish is like even with Africans, right? You, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but the number one fastest growing uh, ethnic group in America right now is Africans. Now I'm not saying African Americans. I'm actually saying Africans, like from Africa, from the mother country. Go to my son's school. My son is in he's in junior high school, and my son is one of like maybe seven Latino students in that school. The rest of them are all Africans, and they are like Africans from Africa. And guess what? Also, the fastest growing homeowner rate in our current borough, right now where we are in the Bronx, African-owned. Africans have, in the last decade, outpaced and outpurchased every other ethnic group when it comes to owning homes in New York City. Figure that one out, bro. See, I think part of the things that push this racist agenda, and I'm not going to say thing. I am absolutely certain that one of the things that pushes this racist <laughs> agenda is our media. Because time and time again, they put tag words or labels and an image. And you know what? Put that tag word and a label with the face of Mickey Mouse, and we'll start getting angry at Disney World. So when you do that and you constantly say stuff like, smugglers, immigrants, and the picture of a Mexican, you're going to get angry at a Mexican. Even if he's the one that just cut the roses you went to go deliver to your girlfriend. Even if he's the one that just gave you that dollar de queso de papa. It don't matter. You start getting angry. 
So I believe the media strongly pushes that. And for us Latinos, let's talk about it. When's the last time that you actually saw Telemundo or Univision with an all dark skin cast of anything? When? Never. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, well, wait. There, there was a weatherman once. Once. We're talking about Santa Claus now. He's the official Santa Claus. One time. Había una vez. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell us about that. And what happened to that guy? Oh, my gosh. He was fired? Well, there you go. They were waiting for him to mess up. Oh, yeah. He messed up bad, though. I'm not going to say anything. See, let's not, let's not get into it. <laughs> I'm not, not going to say anything bad because, you know. But, but. Do I, I think I'll remember his name. Sol Silvestre. Was it that guy? It was some, that was something like that. I don't think that was his See, last name. That was, that was his, his name. name. That was the guy. See, I remember. You know why I remember? Because I'm a dark-skinned Latino. <laughs> and I celebrate. Where I he celebrate. is, I hope he's okay. That's God bless you. But I celebrate the arrival of a dark-skinned Latino because this is where I grew up. I grew up with a South, South American family that, number one, because they were from two diverse backgrounds, really did not appreciate one another. So I was the progenitor of all of that pent-up aggression against one another and... I'm not going to say that I was raised in a cold family. I was raised in a rigorously honest and I would say very racist. You know what I mean? Give you an example. I would tell my father. I would watch movies and I'd be like, I want to do that. I want to be an actor one day. My father's like, no, you're too dark to be an actor. And I'm like, damn. <laughs> and then along came Chips. Remember that show Chips? Yeah. Eric Estrada. And I'm like, yo, but he's dark skinned. And my father was like, no, he's Puerto Rican. I'm like, so I'm not. So I lost again. I lost again by being dark skinned originally, and now lost again because I'm I don't not think Puerto Eric Rican. Estrada is Puerto Rican. Uh, he's Puerto Rican. Really? No. This is a reason why Puerto Ricans get laughed at. No. You guys don't even know yourselves. <laughs> I don't think he is Puerto Rican, honestly. Eric Estrada is Puerto Rican. His character on Chips was Mexican, okay? And I'm going to give you another one. Let's go for another dark-skinned Puerto Rican that made it there. Eduardo Yanez, right? Yanez, Yanez, Eduardo Yanez. He even went mainstream. Yeah, he did. And yeah. then all of a sudden, his car flipped over. He killed a woman. And then Who was that? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He was such a pretty boy. From yeah. Where, where would I know him from? From nowhere, because you only watch ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> Besides, no, I watch movies. Do you watch novelas? No. He was a big soap opera. Guess star. what? I didn't, I didn't watch novelas, but I'm going to tell you what novela I did watch. Dos Mujeres, Un Camino. Oh, because <laughs> guess who was on that novela? No, I heard of that Eric. novela. <laughs> yes, who was on that? Dos Mujeres. Ooh, Ooh, yeah, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I had, I had people, people that I went to school with who ain't speaking a lick of Spanish. Yeah, for real. And they be like, oh, I like that show. They watch that. Oh, I like that show. That show is really good. There you go. I'm going to give you another dark-skinned dark skin Latino that I super appreciated. Ricardo Montalban. Yeah. Ricardo Montalban. Wow. But he wasn't that dark, though. See? He really like, wasn't is that why he became so famous? That's like Roman, you're not that dark. Uh, uh, put me in the room with the rest of my family. I'm probably quite, the darkest. He was quite successful in the 50s, Ricardo Montalban. Yeah. I mean, he was, and he was Latin. Fantasy Island, actually, what really is what I guess took him to that next level, of course. But, you know, you got to give him props. He, he you was really that look at Ricky Ricardo? Well, see, that was black and white television, Ricky Ricardo Cuban, and he looked more white than anything. But at the same time, the networks would never, ever, ever, ever approve anything if it showed that Ricky and 
and uh, Lucy were too romantically involved. Look at that show again. One of the greatest shows ever created on American ground by a Latino director who actually influenced the culture of comedy direction from that point forward. But guess what? Read the Chronicles. Read, read the diary of um, Desi Arnaz, and he will tell you that he was greatly saddened at the fact that the network would prohibit them from looking so romantic together. Why? Because why is that? because I mean, we, he was Latino. Know why? Of course. And she was America's greatest sweetheart. And she was white. Okay. And, and, and let's call it for what it is. They didn't want that image. They didn't want to have that being shown to everyone at that time. It was a more wholesome, man, a more wholesome uh, being, America. Uh, being uh, anywhere intimate or kissing. A white woman. Like, like, let's look at this. Is Does anybody know about this artist, Amara? Amara La Negra? Yeah. Okay. And you know what made her even more famous? The fact that she was picked away at, reduced to characteristics and a label. And now that has empowered her and further thrown her into stardom. So shout out to Amara La Negra and all her fans. Absolutely. Lisa, yeah. tell us a little bit if you do know what happened with Amara La Negra. I, I don't know what happened, but I do know that not that long ago, I was reading how they wouldn't allow her to wear certain types of clothing. And she was like, no, screw that. I'm going to wear whatever the hell I want. And I mean, I I love her. I always thought that I loved her authenticity. I loved, like, there was something about her. So even though I didn't know much about her, me llamaba la atención, you know, like I was, I, like, I was like, yo, I like her, I like her music, I like what she's doing, you know, and then reading about that recently, like she wasn't going to let anybody tell her what she could and couldn't do, I, I loved that. But you know what's crazy, what she's, what I see is happening is that they're basically put, pitching her and making her that independent Latina figure, but she's also coming off as the angry, rebellious black woman. You know, like that's that's what's wild. You know what I mean? Because um, well. what's the difference between her then and Cardi B? Well, good, good point. <laughs> See, and I'll tell you this: they're coming from the same line. Where's Amara? Where's Amara from originally? Do you know? She's Dominican. Yeah, but originally is she originally DR from DR, Dominican from DR, or Dominican from like you know the Heights, or Dominican from Rhode Island, Dominican from Boston? Like Miami. she's from Miami? Miami. All right. So the fact that she's from Miami. Makes her supported by who? Well, isn't everybody Cuban in Miami? Or Haitian. Or Haitian. I mean, I think we're kind of losing our, to our topic here, but all right. Well, no, but it's racist because because you're assumed that because you're a Latino in Miami that you're automatically, or, you know, Florida, you're yeah. automatically Cuban. Cuban. Or if you're there's from Orlando, Ricans you're Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. And Venezuelans. Yeah, yeah. There's tons of Venezuelans. Oh, yeah. there's there's Colombians. There's and Colombians. There's They're out there. There's Colombians everywhere. I don't know everywhere. <laughs> <laughs>
But she's really not doing much to empower young women. Did you see a Cardi B interview with um, Jimmy Fallon or something? In the end of the holiday? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, how's that help? You know, but you know, my power, my power yeah, props to her and the team. You're right. It does not help us look as educated or like, you know. Like, that's how we have anything to stereotypes. I don't know. Someone going, like, are you getting yeah, an interview? Exactly. And I, that's I, I, where I, the like, stereotypes blossom from, you, right. from the way people act. And then that's it's where the racism you comes your music. from. You don't you, you, you don't so, make your, your your music in the way that where, where you're actually putting any thought behind it. You're basically, you're, you want to make money. I mean, that's really the agenda for any rap artist today. Ah, music. So if we're going to blame media for pushing a racist agenda, can we push music? Can we blame music? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, we, we can. can. I mean, absolutely. they're pushing racial agendas all the time. How about every other I mean, song? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I mean, Let's keep it real. We use the word nigga. Ah. And how we use it, of course, in a rap content in a song. Because you don't hear no rap songs saying jigger boy. It's something of... Nope. Uh, uh, it's normality. It's common. It, it amongst uh, let's that, be real. that that particular genre of music. Let's be real, nigga. Nigga is a title that you earn in the hood. Because mm-hmm. if you grew up in the hood, you rose up in the hood. Guess what? Every now and then, you're gonna be called nigga by your friends. You will not be called that by the police. I will tell you that. And if you are being called that by the police in the hood, I'm pretty sure you're not gonna be treated really well. A little bit past that. Let me tell you, that is a word that I stopped using a long time ago because I will never forget that I one day was using it amongst friends who were of African descent, and they said to me, you cannot say that word. And I was like, what are you talking about? We're all sitting here. We're all using the same word. Why can't I say that word? And they said to me, because you're not black. Wow. Yeah, but that's probably very ignorant of them because Puerto Ricans, you know, I know my history. And I know my history when it comes to Colombians. We do, I definitely have black in my family. So when I use the word, I, I, it's not that, that, I don't even, I'm not condoning it. Because one, you use it in English? It is, well, I, and Spanish? More, mainly in English. In English. Okay. In English. Not so in Spanish. No. Because look, for instance, from being, being South American, you earn the title Negrito. You know, when you're the darkest one in the room, you're the Negrito. Okay? Um, when you're, Uber, like, beyond... Trigueño. Trigueño is an educated term. Trigueño is actually, correct me if I'm wrong, a term that's used to, like, be more PC about it. Instead of saying, I'm un favor y llámame el negro de saca, they'll be like, búscame a Trigueñito y dile que venga para acá. See, I thought Trigueño was more brown than black. That's what I thought, too. But even black isn't black. Black is really brown. Well, yes, but in terms of the way that, that it's used... Right. You know what I'm saying? It, to me, Trigueño was always just that... The dude or the caramel color. Right. Guess guess what? Right. Look, my very first, my my very first babysitter in this in in that I recall was a Dominican lady by the name of Doña Rosa, and Doña Rosa was very dark skinned very loving, very caring, but very racist, because she would start her sentence with "Prieto Haitian" all the time, and I'm looking around. I'm like, I have no idea what that means. I'm a little boy. And who she was pointing at was Eso Prieto Haitiano de Dia. Eso Prieto Haitiano de Dia. And I'm like, I don't understand what Where that, that means. Where that word came from, Prieto. But hold on, peep it. Then I looked at Rosa in my innocent four-year-old, you know, with my four-year-old eyes. And I looked at her and I said, Pero Doña Rosa, usted también es 
piel oscura. And she goes, no, yo soy color canela. And I'm like, oh, I'm like cinnamon. Okay, cool, I get it. So, because, I'm going to say this, when it comes to Dominicans, there's a joke right now that there's a beef in the, in the Dominican Republic because the Dominicans are tired of the Haitians and they want to get the Haitians out of DR. So what they chose to do was call the UN and get the military to show up to DR to finally get rid of the Haitians. But when the military arrives, they were confused because everyone looked alike. You get it? Yeah. <laughs> Except that that's not entirely true because depending on what part of the country you're in, you're going to be very, very light-skinned and you can be confused for other things. And why is that? Why is what? Why, 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 why? We are a rainbow of colors in the Dominican Republic. As, as, I think. as well as in Puerto Rico yes. and in well, and, 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 and any Latin American country. Yeah. I look Jewish. If, if, if Puerto Rico, the darker skin, the darker skin <laughs> should be found where? In where? I let my beard grow Listen, and I'm Puerto Rican and Colombian. Because of this beard, I've been mistaken for a Middle Eastern more than I could possibly want or desire. I'm telling you. It never fails, ever. Like I, I had a gentleman oh, one yeah. time on the train. I'll never forget this. This is fun. This this was funny. I, I even started laughing. I'm on the train, and this is when my beard was really long at the time when I first had it. It was long, so I'm on the train, enjoying my music. Gentleman taps me on the shoulder, and he says, and I take my earplug off. Like, what can I do for you? He goes, Excuse me, sir. Would you happen to be Muslim? And I, I look at him, and I go, No, no. Unfortunately, I'm not Muslim. I'm a, I'm a Catholic. And he goes, oh, that's too bad. And then he just go, walks away. And I just started laughing my ass off. I, I, don't know, I, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but the reason why in Muslim culture they, they celebrate the growth of the beard. First off, let's go further back than that. The whole culture of facial hair, mustache, beards, and all that, and even actually hair on your head, if you do research throughout... Um, history, you'll realize that a lot of great men had amazing beards and great mustaches. And part of that had to do with the fact that when you had nobody to answer to, you can grow your beard and your mustache for as great as you want. When you actually had to work under someone, they asked you to shave. They made sure you shaved. The moment you had stubble, you would either get fired, reprimanded, and sent to forcibly shave. But great men had great beards. So going back to it, in Muslim culture, in Arab culture, Indian culture, all that, if you look at the great men in their, in their history, they had great mustaches and the twirly mustache and the great beards because the Prophet Muhammad. Because, also, remember, just because they're from those countries, you know, they're from Arab countries, doesn't automatically mean they're Muslim. They're also Christians there. Correct. And guess who else had a wonderful beard? Our great Lord and Savior, our Jesus Messiah, Christ. Jesus Christ. Think about it. So you can't automatically start saying, oh, this person has a beard. Boom, Muslim. No. Look at Greek culture. Look at the great philosophers. They all had amazing beards. They well, had it was a Muslim who asked me on the train, I'll tell you that. Oh, so then that, that's a little bit He was a Muslim. Oh, it was a Muslim. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, most I'm, definitely. I'm pretty sure. And you know what? I'm going to tell you something that's awesome about Muslims. I learned to pray and different languages, Spanish, English, and Arabic. I entered a mosque on a few occasions in my life because I worked with Muslims. Actually, the company Portabella that I do the styling for, that's a Muslim-owned enterprise. You know, So I'm respectful of their culture. And 
I don't yeah, shy we away. Be anybody's culture. Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't shy away from religion. I don't because I think religion is magnificent. I think it's a beautiful tool of our conscience to help, you know, underline a level of serenity and calm and faith. Um, so I went with them into a mosque. They welcomed me into the mosque and I did the whole taking off the shoes and they're like, you don't know how to pray, so just do what we do. And I did what they did. And let me tell you something. I've been to Christian services, right? Like I've been to Catholic services. I've been to Korean church, actually, you know. It was the very first time I ever experienced walking out of a prayer service, being greeted because nobody leaves that mosque and goes on their merry way. They all stand around, congregate, shake hands, introduce themselves to one another, and the very first thing that they ask you was, did you eat, brother? Like that. And I'm like, huh? You know, I'm being honest. I'm like, uh, no, not yet. Okay, stay here. And they start making phone calls. You don't even know these people. I never met any of them. I only went in with, you know, the guy who I was working with, and we wound up going to somebody's apartment to drink coffee and eat bread and have cheese sandwiches, and I'm like, that's never occurred to me leaving, you know, my Catholic church. But, you know, that doesn't mean I'm less of a Catholic. And where did you share this experience? Where at again? What mosque was this? Experience? This mosque was somewhere here around the Bronx. It's over like... No, not Nishi. Oh, funny enough, that mosque is in the middle of Little Italy in the Bronx. And the reason why I ask is because you, you experience that here in this country. And, and, and what that represents is, is the beauty of this country, in my opinion. And... It bothers me that we have uh, the highest seat that you could possibly have in this country is occupied, and I'm going to go on the record and I'm going to say it, a racist has proven it time and time again as this negative view of Hispanics. I w I, I'm you, not going to say and, it. And has made it known. I don't want to say that it's negative. I want to say that it's singular. It's very singular. You know? And I believe... He, I'm gonna give him props where it, de where it deserves. The guy, to wait, 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 let, me, let, me, let me, let me elaborate. What he's doing. This guy is doing what he's doing because it's helping him, and he's using it, and he's gonna continue to use it. It's not he's helping not him because stop. his approval ratings are on. The man floor. will not stop. He won't stop. But I'll give him props for being him, being honestly him. Like he totally comes off as the dude that will adjust his crotch while the camera is recording live. Like, he'll do that because he doesn't care. And why does he not care? Because he has financial backing. That's why he's behaving the way he's behaving. Money, access. Right there, it is. Money and access. Because he can. Unless, unless someone's going to put this dude in his place, he's going to continue to do what he wants because he can. And, and this is why I can't wait when this investigation comes to its climax. I just can't wait to see the supporters, all these people who, and especially the damn Republican Party, who uh, continually, continually to rationalize this man's behavior. Not all of them. Not, all not of the them. entire Republican Party. Not enough are stepping up. That is very true. Not but, enough. But, but that is also and true. The, even the amount that's not saying nothing is enough for me to be like, wow. But you know what? In a sense, it's almost like they're they're the Latinos in this whole racism game. You know Thank why? You. Because moonwalking. Yeah, because a lot of them. Not only that, but he a lot said of that. Them, I mean, I think that a lot of us, a lot of us, we we kind of fall into that middle area, right? 
where we know that mainly when people talk about racism, you're looking at black and white, and we kind of fall in the middle. And so we would walk out of our way of something, you know what I mean? And we easily blend in to that. Yeah, but you know what? That, 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 that. I, you know what, Lisa? I agree with you, but that, I don't think that's helped us either. Absolutely as not. A community. No, it doesn't. It doesn't because, because too much neut- neutrality is not good. It's not helping. It's not. And, and, and you, there comes a time where you have to say, no, that's wrong. We that was wrong. We have. And, and, and we neutrality. Have. And that's what I mean. Yeah, if you think okay about it, neutrality more. means your behavior is ex- acceptable. No. And it's not. Another thing that we, not. we need to also take into consideration is that we're all New Yorkers. And being in America is blessed. Being in New York is double blessed. And being from New York City is a triple blessing because we're such a diverse city. Absolutely. We see everything. You go around the corner everywhere, anywhere, you will see a Jewish-owned business operated by African-Americans that uh-huh. are being serviced by Mexicans, and the actual Jewish-owned business is a Chinese restaurant. Like, that's how crazy, you know, diverse we are in New York City. Yeah. You know, you go to a pizza shop. Here, tidbit. Do you know who the greatest pizza makers are now? Not Italians. They're Egyptians. Do the research. This is directly look looked at. Look at it. Just research it. Egyptians make the greatest pizza. Why don't Italians make the pizza no more? Because they're not making enough money from making pizza. They would much rather make pasta from scratch and amazing pasta dishes. You know what I mean? So there goes money again. I don't care how much money you got. The minute you are someone of color and you have done something or white America can say, look what this motherfucker did. They will. They will. Re- I don't care who you are, how much money you got. You do something, and the media as well will remind you you're black or Hispanic. He's his own worst enemy, this guy. I look at this guy, this orange orangutan, as I like to call him, with the, with the messed up hair and, and the pouting lips. You know, I look at this guy like, what a buffoon. Who... How did he pull a wool over our eyes? Or or even his base. I even wonder, how did he pull a wool over his base's eyes? Because well, at the end of the day, he is exactly what nobody wants to talk about. Yeah. He represents everything that they think about us that no one is willing to say mm-hmm. or will dare to say out loud. And, and he does how much racism from, from, exactly. from grabbing them by the pussy. Exactly. From grabbing them by the pussy all the way to shit. I'm countries. a little shocked. That Not a single thing that he shot. said. I saw is. something on the on the on uh, I, I was on Facebook the other day, and I saw this great place post. to get facts, by the way. No, no, I know it's not. It's not. It's not. But I just saw this post, and you're right. The, you can't take Facebook for what it is. There's no facts there. Look what's happening with Facebook right now. What marks up where he's in. He's in some serious shit. Third party. But again, okay. you're talking about media and stuff being fed to us. Right. Exactly my point. Very well. Exact things being fed to us. And what I saw was, um, see, I, it took me off the topic. What's going on? Uh, um, with whatever I was going with this. Um, scratch that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get back to it, trust me. All right, just to recap real quick, what's going on with Mark Zuckerberg is that he got in trouble because he knowingly agreed to having a company's uh, something, um, some European company that has been, has been linked to the organizations that have funneled money into the Trump campaign. And that company 
Yes, Cambridge Analytica. Very good. They're in European country, right? They're in trouble. There's there any truth to this? I mean, because what they did is that they infiltrated the the Facebook. Make, like the mainframe. 50 Let's million say, users. Right? They took their data. And they basically and they harvested. Illegally. Let's illegally, say that. Exactly. Illegally. Illegally. Without reading, permission. Reading through messages, updates, posts, collecting pictures, and based on your opinions, they started automatically plucking people that they can start pitching the right-wing agenda. You get it? Of course. That's, that's a no-go because, you know, whatever you're putting out there, I'm going to say what Facebook really is, folks, it's it's a diary. That's it. It's a daily diary because you go on there, you post you what your thoughts are, and the truth. Young people listening, uh, millennials, and those um, under them, be really, really conscious of what you're putting out there, putting yourself up. The other day, I saw a real interesting picture. I found a picture of your grandfather, and the picture was of a man on a motorcycle with a bomber jacket, and it had all these like decorative military badges on it. And then they say. 50 years from now, same pic, same same phrase. I found a picture of your grandfather. It was a picture of a child with the little um, bunny ears on Snapchat with the freaking rabbit nose. Oh, gosh. Because look at me. guess what? That's the absolute truth. Yeah. So if you look up a picture of my grandma, they're all motion, emotionless pictures of her just looking at the camera. And I think every single picture of my grandma was like a passport picture because Back then, times were rough. There wasn't much to celebrate. <laughs> exactly. Right? There was no reason to but smile. But guess what? There 50, was no reason 50, to smile then. 50 years from now, let's look at a picture of your grandma, and it's going to be what? The booty in the air pit with her friends and freaking drinks in the air. Like, really think about how you want to be commemorated. All right. So, that is our Amen. first episode of The Spark. The show's just going to get better. All right. You know, as far as racism goes, just to kind of close, close the club a little bit, you know, just remember that everything that's being put in front of you is in some way influencing you. You don't think about it, you know, but it is. It's, it's in the TV images that you're seeing. It's in the movies that you're going to go see. It's in the books that you're reading. It's even in your Facebook feed. Exactly, and it's in your leadership, too. You know, recently we had an incident in Texas with a Texas bomber, okay? Now, this uh, particular person happens to be white. Now, what they're calling it, they're not calling it an act of terrorist, oh. okay? They're not calling it that for the simple fact that the man is white. The challenge, 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 a challenge, and and where's where, where where was our leadership? Where 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 is the president coming out? Where where focus on Stormy Daniels? And and it just pisses me off. And this is something we should you know make a note of. Like why is someone can terrorize an entire state, bomb people, kill people, and be called a challenged young man? when it's found out he's white. Something to think about. And I'm gonna say this, the heart of racism is alive and very healthy in America. And it's pushed by politicians, um, perhaps maybe knowingly to them, but unknowingly to us. But you know how quick we can totally change that? Turn the television off, turn off the radio, get off the internet and go out there and go see the inequality in your community. Go to your nearest public library and go see who's working there, who's reading, you know. We have to be ushers, we have to be shepherds to our younger, you know, community members and help them break that horrible cycle of racism. And if you think really racism is just a matter of perspective, I want you to dig deep in your heart and in your mind and ask me, 
why Flint, Michigan still does not have drinkable water. My name is Roman S. This is the Spark Podcast. Thank you for listening. Look for me on Instagram at the Funny Latino. Spark. Later. Hi, guys.